Brace yourself for Steve Fisher and Byron Tidwell, Old Guys Bitching. For now I'm a judge. Yes, now I'm a judge. No, Obi Lobby's fudge, yet I'll never, never budge when I live and die a judge. I'm Steve. And I'm Byron. And we are. Oh, guys, guys bitching. bitching. Yes, we are. Yeah, we're in a hurry today because we both got to get up to Washington, D.C. and get on an elevator with Jeff Flake and shut this thing down. That was awesome. Wasn't it? I, it, I I'd lo- would love to know what those women said to him. Oh, you didn't hear it? Well, first, let, let's back up a little bit because what we're talking about for anyone who has tuned out the news because they can't take it, which is uh, totally understandable. Um, we're talking about the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh is Donald Trump's newest appointment or uh, uh, nominee for the Supreme Court, a uh, position vacated by Justice Kennedy, who was basically pushed out by the Trump administration. And uh, the Deutsche Bank, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this Brett Kavanaugh, is is the guy and everyone talking about how he's got these great credentials, especially uh, for conservatives. And then all of a sudden, these women start coming forward that he assaulted them in high school and college. Well, you know, it's not just the women. The, uh, the American Bar Association, 12 years ago, called into question his ability to remain unbiased, open, and said that they... While they would give him a qualified rating, it's not the 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 top rating that they give to people. Uh, just that he did go to law school and basically had some experience. So it's not just the women coming forward. Well, but you you also, I mean, what they said, uh, he proved that yesterday in the hearings. Christine Blasey Ford, uh, the woman who's the main accuser of an assault when he was in high school, gave a brilliant testimony. She did a great job, as terrified as she was, uh, but she stayed calm, cool, and collected. A a little emotional at at times, which is totally understandable, but she stuck to her story. She told it compellingly, and then in the afternoon was Kavanaugh's turn, and he came out ranting and raving and railing against the Democrats. Yeah. That this was a setup. So any way you look at it, I mean, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and listen to his story until he took that demeanor. And I said, you know what? I don't care if he's guilty or not. His demeanor disqualifies him from a position on the court as far as I'm concerned. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, the lovely Mr. Uh, Miss Graham, uh, somebody shoved a, a red hot poker up that one's butt. <laughs> Somehow I have a feeling that's happened to him before. <laughs> but, but no, I yeah, I mean, what even Chris Cuomo on CNN last night, like, what the hell is he so angry about? And, you know, they completely the the. The prosecutor they brought in from Arizona, she did a good job. Until they shut her down. I mean, she may not have been as pointed as the Republican committee members wanted, but she did a good job. And because of Miss Graham jumping in there, then that left that prosecutor to just kind of sit back and do nothing for the rest of the hearing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it, the whole thing was a sham. And then this morning, 
Um, let's let's just say we are recording this on Friday, September 28th. This morning, the committee met to talk about yesterday's events and to plan for a vote or to discuss whether to have a vote on him or not. And five, was it four or five Democrats walked out because it was clear that they were going to railroad this thing through with or without it until... That's what treasonous traitor Mitch McConnell said last week. We're just going to plow through. We don't care. Right. And and that's what, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that it's not even about whatever lip service they are paying to women. They are proving that they don't care. That, yes, we'll listen to your story. We will even maybe shed a tear with you. And then we'll just push ahead and go with our agenda, even if it totally screws you over. That's right. And, you know, Jeff Flake from Arizona, he is retiring from the Senate. And he had every opportunity uh, as a member of the committee to not vote on bringing the uh, nomination out of committee. And he did. He voted to bring the nomination out of committee. And that's why he got accosted by the two women in the elevator. Uh, well, as we, we used to say, uh, uh, even though neither of us went to Catholic school, they read his beads. <laughs> and they they put him in his place. I love the way the woman kept saying, look at me, look me in the eyes. Flake couldn't do it. See, I didn't see. I just saw a picture of them accosting him. Was that all covered on TV? It was all covered on yeah, TV, I, on, on CN with Poppy Harlow. I don't watch a lot of CNN, but I did happen to catch that. It was, uh, well, I, I'm just thrilled that the two women were so brave and so articulate. And and then, and to, to Flake's credit, as much as he flaked out on the initial vote, um, to his credit, he did demand a an FBI investigation. He said, okay, it's going to go to the floor, but it needs to be delayed a week and to allow the FBI to investigate. And thank goodness uh, uh, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska joined him on that. Where in creation is Susan Collins? I, sh she's hiding. Like, where's Waldo? I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> she's hiding. But And then, and then he, Donald Trump, to his credit, um, and I hate to say that, but he did order an FBI investigation. That's so, because John Kelly was standing on his peepee. -pee. Well, maybe. But it, this should have happened before any of this happened. There should have been an investigation before any of this. When you have allegations against a potential Supreme Court justice who's going to be on the court for life, uh, barring an impeachment, which has never happened in the history of the country, I don't believe. Uh, one time. Did it? Who was it? Samuel Cooper, uh, 1881 or somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Well, nothing has happened in this country since 1881. So this is, it's mind-boggling how this thing has moved forward. And I hope, I can only hope that it has opened the eyes of any undecided voters that Republicans need to be voted out of power. I hope so. That the current crop of Republicans need to go away. Because they have all sold their soul to Donald Trump, 
and they don't care about what's right or wrong. They only care about winning. Well, it's not just uh, Donald Trump that they've sold their soul to. He's only a recent uh, uh, purchaser. But uh, they've uh, sold their souls to people like the Koch brothers and other uh, oligarchs Mm -hmm. that are just buying the government, making the the government a subsidiary of their corporations. Now, one thing I do want to mention, too, is, uh, and I'm not the first person to bring this forward. A lot of other people have. You know, it's a federal crime to lie to the FBI, and you can get severely punished for lying to the FBI. Let's see, who wants that FBI investigation? Dr. Ford, Debbie Ramirez, uh, Michael Avenatti's client, uh, the entire Democratic contingent, uh, and who did not want it? Hmm, let's see, Brett Kavanaugh. And the Republicans. And he, he kept dodging that question yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. No matter who put it to him, he refused to answer, would you support a uh, FBI investigation? Because he knows, he's got to know that if he wants to try and get by, he's got to lie. Right, right. And if he doesn't lie, then telling the truth, well, the truth will out and we'll find him in that hallway in Georgetown, with his hand over Christine Blasey Ford's mouth. You know, I, I the thing that, now that we, this is not necessarily right, but had he said, you know, I was, I did drinking that I shouldn't have done when I was that age, and I don't remember everything that happened. So could this have happened? I can't imagine it happening, but I can't say unequivocally it didn't. And I apologize for anything I might have done in my past that I'm ashamed of and that I have spent my entire life working against. I mean, there are ways he could have approached it to make people like us be a little more sympathetic toward him. Yes, he could have, but he still has a history of being a partisan activist. Partisan activists do not belong on the Supreme Court, the highest court of the land. Where do they belong? Give them a soapbox and let them stand on a corner. Let's be fair. The Supreme Court has, before him, become politicized. Oh, absolutely. And it is no longer the Supreme Court as we know it. And so I think that, that unfortunately, um, what has happened over, and this goes back before Mr. Trump, but there has been a whittling away of any esteem for our governmental institutions. Well, you will remember back in the... In the 1980s. We have a Congress that we don't trust. We have a Supreme Court now that we don't trust. The Supreme Court used to be the last bastion of right and wrong. And we people would depend on them to stop things that were ridiculous. Now, and, anything goes through if your political party wants it. And we've had stellar justices in the past appointed by presidents who represent both parties. Right. Just absolutely stellar people there. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened was starting in the, uh, what, 1980s when they were, throw- were throwing yeah crap at us like Robert Bork, who uh, doesn't even deserve a driver's license, much less be able to uh, sit on a court. And then it just started proceeding. Clarence Thomas, he should never have uh, been cleared. Right. I'll have to say it was in the 
efforts of being uh, collegial by Joe Biden that uh, Thomas slipped through. He yeah. should not have slipped through. Yeah. And then they started, you know, George Bush put up his cleaning lady. George Bush, you know, <laughs> put up his cleaning lady for a position on the court. That, that was just insane. And, and she actually, she did get a position. It wasn't on the bench, but she is cleaning the Supreme Court. Uh, That's be, right. Few people then, know that. And then, you know, uh, other people who should just have never shown up, Antonin Scalia. Right. He had he had no, well, you know, the basic requirement for being a judge is to have good judgment. Yeah. And he did not. He he lied constantly. Oh, I'm an originalist. Yeah, like you know exactly what the framers had in mind. You know, I had this same fight with a professor in college, a, a Shakespeare professor. And she constantly reminded us on a daily basis on how she graduated from Yale that, you know, nobody really cared. Yale was up the road a bit from where we were. Um, and we didn't care that she was from Yale. We were at our school and we just wanted her to teach us. And she would actually tell somebody, if somebody argued that a particular Shakespeare line meant this, she would say, no, that's not what he meant. And, you know, one time I got into an argument and I said, well, how do you know? <laughs> she goes, because I, I went to Yale. I said, no, 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 that's bullshit. I said, do you, did you know him personally? Did he tell you that's what he meant by the line? And she, <laughs> she got mad and gave me a D. Um, oh, my. But see, that, uh, we should have um, just given Antonin Scalia an F in his hearings. Yeah, well, that's it. How do you know what our founding fathers meant with every word they wrote down? Uh, that's open to interpretation, not to mention that even our founding fathers said the Constitution was meant to be a living, breathing document, meaning that it was going to evolve over as the country evolved. Exactly. So you can't go back to what was what happened in eighteen. What what, what year was the Constitution? Seventeen ninety-eight, right? Somewhere in there. I'm going to go with seventeen eighty-six, but we'll we'll go with maybe it was seventeen eighty-six. Seventeen seventy-six was when the country was born. Seventeen eighty-six sounds right. Could so, have been seventeen eighty-eight. I don't know. Was there a song in the musical about it? No, because no, it stopped on. July it stopped 4th. in seventeen seventy-six. Yeah. So, uh, but the whole thing was that um, it this was supposed to be a living, breathing document. So you can't make the case that oh, uh, the originalist bullshit because by that token we should still have slavery exactly now let's um, let's make sure that we are all on the same page you me and our listener and the uh, the page is Brett Kavanaugh is unqualified to be on the Supreme Court. Yes. And I believe that the FBI investigation is going to show this. I also believe that the Republicans are going to go, doesn't matter, and put him on the court anyway. I don't know. I think they might be looking for wiggle room because they really embarrassed themselves yesterday and today. And they know the midterms are coming up. And with one week uh, we're that much closer to the midterms, and they know uh, that right now it's trending toward a bloodbath for the Republicans. Yes, it is. But, you know, I, I could just—this is a personal opinion. I think that uh, Miss Lindsey Graham would enjoy wiggle room. <laughs> Not going there. 
I'm not going there. I'm trying to keep this on the straight and narrow, but fuck it. Yeah, he probably would. The, uh, <laughs> I mean, I really think that this is giving, this one week is giving the Republicans a little bit of a chance to walk this back so they don't look as bad come November as they do right now. And then they can throw up another unqualified candidate. A very easy way to do it would be to do this investigation and for Brett Kavanaugh to step forward and say, you know what, I can't put my family through this anymore, so I'm just going to withdraw. And you know what? If he withdraws, he gets to go back to the uh, Federal Court of Appeals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bad. You know, I mean, this brings up another whole point in that while we're focused on Mr. Kavanaugh and this crap, Trump is pushing all these other clowns onto various benches around the country, federal federal benches. And he is skewing the courts in such an ultra right wing way. Forget justice. That's gone. Yeah, that's uh, that's also a result of treasonous traitor Mitch McConnell yeah. uh, not pushing, not allowing Barack Obama's uh, nominations to go through for eight years. Yeah. And so now they're going, oh, my goodness, we have so many vacancies. We just have to fill them. Whatever happened? Why did we not get nominations during that entire eight years? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you blocked him? Yeah. I don't know. Why is McConnell still alive? I don't know. He's a treasonous traitor. By the way, he should be hanging from the nearest tree. uh, Yes, yes, but we don't want him anywhere near us. No. Anyway, I just wanted to ask you, what do you think of the proposal that has been put forward? Uh, It's been put forward for some time, but recently it's come to the fore again. What do you feel about the idea of um, 18-year terms? for people on the bench? I think people on the bench should be put away for 18 years, (laughs) preferably longer in some cases. Right. Um, I think even that is too far. I think this lifetime appointment thing is bullshit. And uh, if senators only get six years, I don't see why a judge should get any more Oh, wait. Let's see. You say senators should get six years. Uh, Orrin Hatch has been... uh, a senator since 1803. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying in just a single term. Yeah. Then they have to run for re-election. And it should be the same thing with judges. Now, the only problem is that the whole idea of appointing judges is that it's, you're supposed to remove the political process so that they're not running for office, running for re-election. But I think they should have to run on their well, record. Well, uh, you know, the thing about the uh, 18-year eight staggered terms is that it would effectively allow every president to have two Supreme Court nominations during their uh, their term. So you really wouldn't have to get into the voting. And, you know, if uh, you, you get somebody like Trump in, it's going to be fixed in the next term. Even though you might get two idiots, then you get uh, you know you replace them with two right. not so idiots. Well, I mean, and that's what uh, who was I, I made a point somewhere. I don't remember where it was. Um, I think I do, but I don't want to uh, implicate anybody else. But um, I I said if if the FBI investigation does prove any of the allegations against Kavanaugh and he is still pushed onto the bench. 
that's even more reason, not as if we need more reasons, to vote Democratic at the midterms and then let the new Democratic Congress impeach and remove Well, you know, that has been my thought. I was uh, discussing this with a friend today, and they said, so let's say that, now this was before the uh, investigation was agreed to. I said, so, so let's say there's no investigation. Kavanaugh gets on the court. There is an investigation. And it's determined that, yeah, he did all this stuff. Plus, he is a partisan activist as opposed to an actual judge. Uh, if the Democrats win, they most certainly will move to a peach. If there is an investigation and uh, the Senate blows it off, I don't know if uh, we can do an impeachment. Well, I don't know, because the uh, uh, if the Democrats get in power, if they would, because, let's face it, the Democrats are a bunch of weenies. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they have been putting up with so much crap from the Republicans for so long and not fighting uh, fire with fire that you can't really take them seriously. Now, as bad as the Republicans are, and we can rail against them, but they know how to use dirty tactics, and they use them, and they're not afraid to use them. And the Democrats have to do the same thing. Yes, politics will get ugly for a while, but maybe after a back and forth of this a couple of times, maybe saner heads will prevail, and someone will say, you know what, we can't keep doing business like this. Well, that's right. And uh, with uh, many, many polls and research showing that, on the whole— the United States is primarily a liberal country. It doesn't seem liberal because of gerrymandering and because of, uh, of skewing of voters and blocking voters and that sort of things. But it is primarily a liberal country. And what we need to do is show that. We need to try and take the politics out of gerrymandering and uh, make sure that everybody who is eligible to vote can vote without being prevented or without having to jump so many hurdles that they can't look at all the people in rural states that would probably vote uh, for Democrats or vote for independents or anything other than the right-wing frenzy that's going on, but they are prevented by virtue of not being able to get the state-ordered ID, like in Texas, uh, or they can't even get to a uh, a, a license, driver's license bureau like in Alabama. Uh, the state of Alabama has shut down driver's license bureaus in uh, most of the counties that tended to vote uh, blue. Well, you know what? I, I've heard this before, all this blame on gerrymandering. And I want to know who this gerrymandering is that he got that much power. To be able to cage these things. This gerrymandering, you are an asshole and you need to go uh, away. Well, as far as I understood it, the entire Mandering family uh, has a history at Georgetown Prep. That's very possibly true. And are they in any relation to Mandering Oranges? Uh, well, actually, as far as the Mandering Oranges go, those are kind of tasty. We can deal with those. <laughs> That's the only Mandering we should allow. But no, I, I mean, what you were saying about the, uh, uh, you know, the makeup of the country is absolutely true. What they say, 41 percent 
voted in the night in the 2016 election. 21% uh, of all qualified American voters came out to vote with so much on the line. So there are a lot of people to blame for what's going on right now. And it's not just the Republicans. It's the Democrats and the independents who decided it was all a bunch of crap and they didn't want to do it. Or they voted for a, a third or fourth party. Also, we, we have to look at the uh, the way the Electoral College works because, you know, the, the last two Republican presidents that were elected were not elected by popular vote. They both lost the popular vote. And it was right. only because of North and South Dakota. No, I can't say that. <laughs> but but it was, what, a 73,000-vote margin. There's only 12 people yeah, in North and I South know. Dakota combined. <laughs> but uh, there's, like I said, a 73,000-vote margin, margin in a national election that swayed it. But yeah. that, that margin does not reflect the vote totals because— in reality, uh, there was a three million vote margin in the popular vote, and it was simply the electoral college in what Pennsylvania and Michigan that uh, that turned right. it over. Yeah, well, I, I mean, people have been saying for a long time that the electoral college needs to go away, but as long as Republicans are in power anyway, it never will because they know it favors them. And as I have said many times, and I've said this to people that I know that are Republicans, that Republicans cannot achieve their goals. Notice I did not use the term win. They cannot achieve their goals by any legitimate form. In order to achieve their goals, they have to game the system and cheat. Yes, that's true. That is absolutely true. And then you get an asshole like Mitch McConnell, treasonous traitor Mitch McConnell. Treasonous traitor Mitch McConnell, turtle head, um, gets up there and manipulates things the way he wants. And uh, I mean, the guy's just so full of shit. I don't, how can anybody give him any credibility whatsoever? You know what? I think there is hope that the Electoral College might go away. It's going to take a constitutional amendment. No, no, no. It's Betsy DeVos is going to shut it down because any college <laughs> she's after that doesn't turn a profit. Yep. I think that is our best hope. I think it very well could be. So we, I mean, this has just been an incredible week, and and I I'm really pissed off about this whole thing on a number of levels, but even more so because it has totally interfered with my TV watching. Oh, I have been glued to cable news at night, not being able to watch any new shows or any old shows for that. Hey, matter. I went ahead and benched on Jack Ryan. That was pretty good. I like Jack Ryan a lot. I thought it was excellent. Now, I did watch the show the other night, even though the critics savaged it. But I said, I want to see. Come on. It's an interesting premise. It can't be that bad. There's a show on NBC called Manifest. Manifest is about a plane that takes off, I think, from someplace in the Caribbean, some, you know, vacation resort. And when it lands in New York uh, two and a half hours later, it's five years later. And all these people have been presumed dead and other family members have died and others have moved on to different 
partners and stuff. And I thought, okay, this is an intriguing premise. You know, what are they going to do with it? It was awful. Well, you know. The critics were right. <laughs> I usually don't give a lot of credit to critics, but they were right. This show was terrible. And it's like even the actors knew it because they were just walking through scenes like, do we have to do this shit? <laughs> well, you know, I, it re reminds me in premise of the excellent French show, uh, Le Revenant. And except except a, a plane instead of a bus, you know. Right, right. But but Le Revenant and, and there were others coming back from the and, and they were and they were legitimately dead. We don't know that these that anything happened to these people. They experienced turbulence in flight, and then when they land, it just happens to be five years later, and everyone's stunned that they're. That landing. has happened to me, you know. <laughs> I I think it just has to do with the loading and unloading process on the planes these days. Yeah, you get in, you know, Group C. You, you know, you don't know how many years it's yeah. going to take you. Right, right. And then you get back, and you've got your one carry-on bag, and there's no overhead room anymore. Yeah. So you got to check the thing through, or you're going up and down the plane, going, "What can I move around so I can put my overhead bag in?" Well, I, uh, I usually yeah, use that yeah, technique I, to avoid paying the uh, the baggage fee. You know, you you get to the uh, yeah. get to the right. to the desk to go in. You go, oh man, there's probably not going to be any space. Can I just check this here? And they always say, yeah, get it. go ahead. And I'm going, and, oh. and then I guess I walk on laughing that I didn't pay the twenty five dollars. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't even want my bag checked because I don't trust the baggage handlers. Too much stuff goes missing. With, now that would be an interesting TV show. It's all the missing bags. Where do they end up? It's got to be some global conspiracy. I can tell you exactly where they end up. I I know. I've been there. This this could be the next uh, season. But of Jack but Ryan, but I know actually. exactly where I do. You do. I have where do they been go? there. They go to Scottsboro, Alabama. Scottsboro, Alabama. Well, we'll have to talk about that next time. Because we're out of time. Unclaimed baggage. It's Unclaimed baggage. The new series from the old guys bitching. It's uh, it's going to be our spinoff. So what's your name? <laughs> but oh, I'm Steve and I'm Byron and we are old guys bitching. Created, written, produced, and voiced by Steve Fisher and Byron Tidwell. Audio mix and editing by Byron Tidwell. Recorded by accident at studios in Seattle and Las Vegas. Archive podcasts at iTunes Podcast and at podcast.com backslash old hyphen guys hyphen bitching. Don't write out hyphen, just use the little dash thingy. Copyright 2018, all rights reserved.